0: Greetings, mortals, and welcome back to the channel. With me today, I have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, brother.
1: My name is Michael Lee Hill, and uh, thank you for having me.
0: Perfect. So, do you want to tell your story? You've, you've got a, quite the fascinating story, m- most amazing I've heard in a long time.
1: Ah, well, right on. I guess the reason why we're talking is... Um, By the way, I just had eye surgery, so I'm not trying to look like a rock star, but I kind of got to put on my sunglasses. Um, But anyhow, I was on the History Channel on UFO Hunters because I began filming UFOs over Lake Erie and started to accumulate quite a library of footage. And that's what brought the History Channel to my door. Um, And uh, unbeknownst to me, they had interviewed another contactee. His name was Terrell Copeland. And he was a Marine. And he was in Washington. And he had filmed the same orbs of light, same kind of contact, same message given to him. But They found this unknown blood anomaly. So they thought, wouldn't it be weird if Michael and this guy had the same unknown blood anomaly? So they asked me if I was willing to go to Boston to have my blood work done. And actually, they didn't tell me exactly what it was about. They just said that they wanted to do an update to my story. If they would have told me, I probably would have said no, because I don't like needles at all. And, um, Who but that's what it was, you know? Uh, so I went and had my blood work done and the result was I don't have normal human blood. I know that sounds crazy, but welcome to my world. You know, this is a Harvard professor. His name was David Sistrum, And, um, so that sounds about as crazy to me as it does to anyone else. So I asked the doctor, I said, what are you talking about? This this isn't a TV show anymore, you know, and uh, he said, what do you think unknown means? We don't know what to tell you. Um, he said, if I had to venture a guess, I would think that there's some type of virus that was at work tricking the brain into releasing these massive amounts of an enzyme called creatine kinase. And um, he said, but we really don't know what to tell you. Said, what do you think unknown means? It wasn't like particularly nice about it either. Well, no, all right. I you know, I'd like to know. But that's where the story begins. And um, um you know, if you want me to keep going, I can keep going. No, no, no. All right. Um from there, I was brought into the attention of the NSA remote viewers and reverse engineering division. And that's because they were already in technology transfer programs with the Anunnaki through the NSA. And um, so little did I know that these beings that I was in contact with over Lake Erie, they kind of amped up their game and made it very Um, no doubt about it, that they were in communication with me and, um, they started giving me a course of study and into cosmic harmonious frequencies. Well, at this time I wasn't putting two and two together that I was taken into the fold of the NSA reverse engineering to learn about cosmic harmonious frequencies, the Anunnaki themselves had begun using crop circles much like a chalkboard in a classroom to relate sacred geometry but especially sacred geometry that is related to cosmic harmonious frequencies which are 432 based math and physics and uh when I would have a question you know I'd say well I'd love to see that as a seven-pointed star, because they led me to understand the seven-pointed star is a direct reflection of a 432-base frequency. We can get into that. But um, the answer to my question of what that would look like as sacred geometry, like one day I asked to see it as a seven-pointed star and it showed up in a crop circle in the UK the very next day. Answering my question, and they showed me a brand new seed of life that's never been seen by mankind. How exciting is that? Everyone knows the, the six-petaled seed of life that creates the Star of David, you know, the Merkaba, um, double tetrahedron shape. But this is the seven-petaled version that they showed me. And they said, This is truly the sacred geometry blueprint for the next phase of human evolution. So that's exciting.
0: Very much. So, what's your connection to the Anunnaki? Do tell.
1: Um, They have a hybrid bloodline on this planet, and I am a member of that hybrid bloodline, known as Nephilim, in uh, the Bible. The world's about ready to find out that we were also known as the Atlanteans or the Poseidians, which is the Ankiites, right? Um, but uh, we, 10,500 years ago, came up into the bottom of the North American continent, meaning the Mayan culture first and teaching them pyramid building and the calendar and whatnot. but. Eventually, the flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies started to set in, and the elders were like, well, they've learned something, but they obviously haven't learned enough. So we went on our way to Crystal River, Florida, as it turns out, eventually at exiting the top of Florida on the left-hand side, intertwining into the North American Indian First Nation tribes of Indians, Um becoming known as the Mound Builders, and um, this is all exciting news because it truly is revealing the Anunnaki's hidden history, even on this planet, for a very long time, and it's not by coincidence that we're here, you know?
0: So how far back does humanity go, the story of humanity? They say two, three 300,000. What's your uh, information?
1: Yes, um, very, very far back. But the part that we're really involved with is starting about 27,000 years ago is the event that we would consider to be the biblical deluge. And there was one Earth change that was 51,000 years prior to that that created another Earth change. But 27,000 years ago, uh, things needed, we needed help. And um, not only in surviving the flood, but in evolving at a rate of consciousness in an accelerated rate. So all of mankind was put under a an experiment that would allow us to experience our own mental energy reflected back to us in an accelerated rate, unbiasedly. Whatever you put out, you're going to get back. And if it's fear, well, God help you, you know, um, you're going to get back your own mental energy, light or dark in a very amplified and magnified way, could be love. I say choose love, you know? Uh, Choose the best love-filled outcome for everyone involved in the situation. Train yourself, especially in the heat of the moment where trial and tribulation is coming down hard on you, to stop yourself and go, all right, thank you for showing me what I got a fear stamp on. Now what else is available? Because, see, the what else is available is what sets you free from the mass unconsciousness. Nothing wrong with the mass unconsciousness, but it's still filled with a lot of fear and doubt and nonsense. So if the thought forms that are coming into your head, first 15 seconds, by the way, comes from the mass unconsciousness. We think it's our own voice because it's in our own head, and it is in our own voice. But we think we're thinking, but we're really listening. That's the voice of the mass unconsciousness. And it's usually going to say, I'm getting screwed again. Why is this happening again? Oh, man, here it comes again. And if you don't train yourself to stop and go, what else is available? You'll own those first thought forms. They will become your reality. And you'll see, say, see, I'm right. You're not right. You're just experiencing your own mental energy. You could have chosen a much more love filled outcome for everyone involved. But, uh, so sometimes you'll have to reel me back in. <laughs>
0: no, no, it's perfect. So, you've spoken about uh, a divine council. Could you, I mm-hmm. found that fascinating. Could you extrapolate on that?
1: Yes. Um, if if you're going to do an experiment to make an upcoming consciousness experience its own mental energy in an accelerated fashion, would you want a counsel to see how it's going, see how your uh, experiment is going? That's the counsel. It's been known as many different things, but I guess mostly in the Emerald Tablets of Toth. The seventh tablet is called the Seven Lords, and it tells about this light and dark Lord's Council of seven each. Uh, Seven Lords of Light, seven Lords of Darkness. And I've learned a lot about this because I was brought before this council. And to the Native American Indians, they call them the seven war chiefs and the seven peace chiefs, but when I was brought into an ancient ceremony that involves flesh and blood sacrifice ceremony components, and I refused to participate, the veil dropped and the Sundance chief said, Michael, I work with the seven lords of light and the seven lords of darkness. I'm the only one who sits directly in the middle of these two councils, and I'm the only one who holds a seat on both sides. And he went on to explain to me exactly what's going on, you know, which was interesting. But I do want to say this particular person was revealing because he's been on ancient aliens many times. His name's Chief Golden Light Eagle. And um, you'll find out that there was a chief Yahweh that was known to the Cherokee and the Iroquois. I'm Iroquois. A long time before the First Testament of the Bible, Chief Yahweh was said to be this individual who sat between these two galactic councils of war and peace chiefs. And he's the only one who sat directly in the middle of these two sides. And um, so when I found this out was after he had told me, Michael, I work with the seven Lords of Light and the seven Lords of Darkness. Um, Instantly, I was like, well, wait a minute. This means then, you know, and the next time he and I were in a vehicle together, I said, man, this is really awkward, but spirit has led me to understand that you are Yahweh, Enlil, my brother. And he said, yes, I've done some pretty messed up things, was his first words to me. And he said, I want you to know as well that th- this isn't the first time you and I have met. We've met in many other incarnations before, and the last time, was not pleasant. It's like, oh, shit, you know? I don't know, even to this day, I don't know what that was about. But he did say, but I realize now you were only showing me my own darkness. So nearing the end of his life here, he and I began working closely together. And much brotherly love was flowing. And interestingly enough, we began, both of us, with who is um, the human avatar meat suit of Merlin or Anu. So Anu, myself and Inlil got together with the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull and held ceremony here to unlock hidden history of this area to the native Indian Anunnaki hybrids, you know? And um, so all that's happening, and I just found out that uh, all that's going to be turned into a documentary. And it's all being filmed professionally. So that's exciting stuff.
0: For sure. So are the Anunnaki, are they immortal?
1: Um... From that side, I've heard that they are, you know. I've uh, I've only met the Anunnaki through a human avatar. I've not met a 16-foot tall, you know, mm-hmm. native state Anunnaki, male or female. I've seen a photograph of a female. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, from, from A.R. Borden from the inside. She's beautiful. But uh, I heard they're albinos with pinkish eyes. And, um, the men can get up to be about 16 feet tall and the women up to about 12 feet tall. But like I said, I've only met them through their human hybrid, uh, bloodlines.
0: So I have this theory that, uh, you know what the monad is? Uh no, it's like the uh, the the one the source of all creation. It's okay. It's not a personal god, but more like a I don't know what you call it. More like a, an energy, a, the ground of being. And from from what I understand about Tananaki, the they they reflect like life through a prism, and you have different gods for different things like love and wisdom. It's like the one mind of God is fractalized out in these beings. Am I onto to something?
1: Um, it's an interesting, because we're all one, you know, at some point. Anyhow, but, you know, I've heard to understand the state of consciousness as the sovereign integral, that it's an encoded word, you know, we become sovereign, We don't give our I am, our energy, away to illusionary outside sources. But we still understand we're an integral part of the whole, the sovereign integral. Um, I think that's the same goal that the Anunnaki have. It's the same goal of any upcoming consciousness would want to become the sovereign, integral state of whatever consciousness they're rising through.
0: So, um, what 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 are the names of the council members? Is Enlil and Anki on the council, and Anu? Or mm-hmm. uh, so that's three out of what fourteen? Thirteen. I don't
1: know all of them. I can uh, tell you. One person that was involved with all this, her name was Star Laughing Fox. She's dropped her robe now, but uh, she was part of the naming ceremony. And a lot of what happened with the council, she was privy to. Um, I've met Thoth in his human meat suit here. Female, by the way, which is interesting. Um, I've met Marduk through two different human vessels, which really freaked me out. I didn't know that was a possibility until it happened the second time, and uh, it scared me. Actually, I was like, I came up with some reason why I couldn't stay over that night. I was visiting uh, a dear couple, a friend of mine, and I was going to stay all night. And, you know, when I met Marduk in New York, he became faceless. Not became, he was faceless. Now, I heard from some of the insiders that didn't surprise them because some of the Anunnaki do not look favorably, favorably upon mankind and it's almost like you're you're not worthy to see our faces kind of deal which obviously i don't agree with that um but it doesn't shock them that they would appear faceless to a mere mortal um but uh i know who he is here in the physical 3d world actually a very big ranking high individual from NASA that, um, I I can't say his name, but he is as high up as you can go through the Apollo missions. Uh, that's interesting to me because no one could tell me differently. I know he was a channel that Mardu communicated through and they're at that high a level within our government already, (laughs) you know? I guess it doesn't really surprise me, but um, I think about the conversation we had with New Emphasis now. See, for any of that to make sense, I didn't know exactly who he was up until about a year ago. There was just no information out there, and then something told me I should recheck it, sure enough. On what I was looking for
0: (laughs) so the stories from the Bible they're describing the Anunnaki right from the Old Testament and the different gods involved there Mm
1: mm-hmm well in a fear-based way it seems but (laughs) yeah it's all in there
0: (laughs) who is Satan in, in the Bible from the Anunnaki would be,
1: I would you're asking me my own opinion is it's a man-made character out of our own deepest fears, but it doesn't mean it's not real. It's it may be all, only an illusion, but it's a very real illusion. And um there was the person that was in charge of the Anunnaki of reflecting back a negative polarity was Marduk. So you would probably think Marduk Ra would be then the one, if he's the one that's going to reflect back a negative polarity to humanity and make you experience your own fear-based thought form, if you came before him as a human that has a lot of fear, you're going to go demon, you know? (laughs) You know, it's not. You're just being shown your own innards, you know? But uh, I get it. I don't have a problem with Marduk. I have a a problem with Marduk's minions. But uh, what I could tell you is why we even met in 2008 was they told me specifically that their way that they would relate to mankind and the succession of kingship was all based on a precessional cycle and that's why the prophesied incoming age of Aquarius was so important to so many cultures because it would mark the end of this experiment to accelerate human conscious evolution we would have either got a passing grade and evolved as quickly as possible to be more ready for this time that we're in right now which evidently we did because we're talking (laughs) right now (laughs) Um, but it's, it's exciting. 2016 was the actual end of the calendar, not 2012. Um, with scientific proof to back that up, by the way, but we can just leave it at that. That means we're not through the proverbial stargate very long. We've just, just entered the age of Aquarius. So now we're going through the phases of the implementation of a new golden age, and mankind will become a galactic society and a peaceful galactic society. How ripple-free that's going to be is up to humanity. For people that have believed what they've been told to believe by the mass media, they might have a rough time with what's coming. I'm to the point I don't care anymore. I'm like, let's pull them kicking and screaming into the new age, you know? What's <laughs> I mean, so holding up the party? What are they gonna do? Like, oh man, this is this this is actually not that bad, you know? Um, but I said to the Anunnaki, I said, let's just throw up the cards in the air and let them fall where they may. I don't care anymore. And uh, they said we would never throw the cards up in the air and let them land where they may. Shut me right down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are the Anunnaki no, planning on going uh, public? Like showing yes. themselves?
1: Yeah, That's I very hear exciting. this. Next, yeah, I'm hearing the next full totality eclipse, which is what, April 8th? I do believe. 2024, when day becomes night, and uh, this is actually some ancient prophecy from the mound builders that is going to be going public soon, and there's over 30,000 tablets that are known as the Michigan artifacts, and in these tablets, Talks about this next upcoming full totality eclipse. And pretty much what it said is whatever direction you happen to be traveling on, on your own spiritual evolution, you're going to be catapulted into that direction. So if you've not been doing your homework, and it could be a bumpy ride for you, um, but if you've Learn to go inward and still the mind and meditate and breathe. It shouldn't be, it should be wonderful, you know. I'm looking forward to it all.
0: Me too, me too. So, you're also pretty famous for your 432 hertz water. Can you explain this to the audience? It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, that's weird because when I first met the Anunnaki, they told me I was once known as the water bearer. I'm like, what the hell is a water bearer? You know, that made no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but uh or e uh, a Inki, you know. If you don't know what the Anunnaki are, that that didn't make no sense to me whatsoever. Um but um During this classroom that I was taken into, they began counseling me into bringing through an actual ancient Anunnaki technology. You see, I became part of the technology transfer program from the Anunnaki to the NSA. I was brought in from this fold as a contact practitioner and you know, exactly what it sounds like. So I'm starting to understand now that you know, all of this was their gift to humanity because what they found out um man, it's so much to, to try to put into words. Um I'm going to jump to the end, and we could work our way back. (laughs) I uh, I hired scientists to image my guitar, recording it in my studio. That was meticulous about it being tuned properly and into tuning that would align you with galactic source energy. And then they imaged it, and right off the bat, they said, we've never seen this kind of complexity or dimensionality in anything we've ever imaged. It's a new science called cymatics, which makes frequency visible for the very first time. Instead, we've used this technology to image everything from whale noises, dolphin noises, the baby noises, but we've never seen this kind of complexity or dimensionality. But we've never imaged an electric rock guitar amp. <laughs> I said, yes. Rock magic. <laughs> um they said they're thinking it was the tubes because, you know, a good Joe Satriani or a good Eddie Van Halen amp is about the only thing that still uses vacuum tubes as part of its construction. And then you have it been tuned to the ears of Eddie Van Halen as a crate, you know, and then it's not, tubes are organic, you know what I'm saying? So you put it all together. um, They were shocked at the results. And I had already learned this art of making what were called Pleiadian healing energy discs, which are quartz crystal glass. Should have one. I got plenty of hair, but, um, and the idea was to use powerful sacred geometry within, um, I'm sorry. No I, worries. uh, no worries. Um, so the sacred geometry was the most important thing to encode into the quartz crystal because like subtle energy, you know, like pyramid power. Um, but I had been learning about cymatics, which was Mother Nature's geometry. And it's much more potent. And the minute I encased my, <clears throat> my cymatic image into the coarse crystal glass, I could feel it. I was like, holy crap, you know? So I started making my own version of the 432 frequency being holographically and quantumly entangled to that image, which was through a water blessing ceremony that I was taught by Enlil, Yahweh, Chief Golden Light Eagle. Oh, what I wanted to get back to, I know it sounds crazy of him saying or finding out he was in law here, but anyone can go and type in Chief Golden Light Eagle, ancient aliens, and find the backstage area of him explaining what it means to be a chief. And he's showing them his headdress, and he's like, what a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, every feather has a story. But a lot of people don't know that there's two kind of chiefs. There's war chiefs and peace chiefs. This one's the only one that's both. He was telling them he was Yahweh or Enlil. It's just they don't have the information to put together what he's telling them. But I can tell you, the all the grandmothers know who he was and who they are. And uh, it's not even a question to them. They know that we're the Atlanteans who are the descendants of the Anunnaki.
0: So what I'm just going to, I'm guessing is a guess on this point, but what what is the purpose of the pyramids in Giza? Do you know?
1: Yeah, I believe, think of right now, NASA getting involved with my work and saying, you know, it was Richard Hoagland, who was NASA's science advisor, contacted me and he said, we know your story sounds batshit crazy to a lot of people, but NASA has been looking into how energy flows hyperdimensionally, is what he calls it, for a very long time. And he said, your numbers are right on the money. So he's the one that arranged for NASA to look into my disks. And what they found is they're opening up a portal through the fabric of our space-time and bringing in higher photonic light energy, which is higher. I'm finding out it's Tesla called it cosmic energy, 369 energy, unlimited free energy, Chi, prana, life force, whatever you want to call it, I guess. But interestingly enough, in the Emerald Tablets of Toth, it says living water is an analogy of life force or chi or prana. And that's what's in the carrying bags. People are always saying, what's in the Anunnaki handbags? It's like, man, it's a pitcher of water. (laughs) <laughs>
0: hmm. very interesting. So, uh, I wanted to ask you, you, there's, there's, Marduk is Satan, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. I've heard it before, um, mm-hmm. what is heaven, is, is that Nibiru, or uh, is it a different plane, what is Nibiru for for that matter?
1: It's another planet in our solar system, and uh, that's our word for their planet. That's not what they call it. They call it the Sa'ami, and the people of the Sa'ami are the Sa'amai, and then Saami, translated to Western culture, would be SAM, S-A-M. So when you're dealing with the NSA and Reverse Engineering Division, they refer to them as the Sam. Not the Anunnaki is our word for them, those from the heavens that came to earth. Nibiru is our word of their planet, so
0: and heaven is that a thing? Uh,
1: yes, but it's I think us trying to understand what heaven is right now is so counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, understanding God at this point of our evolution to me is kind of like a fly that's stuck in a 747. And all of a sudden it comes aware enough to go like, what the hell? What am I a part of? No matter what that fly tries to do, it's not going to come up with the right answer of what's truly the reality of what it is. But it'll probably try to come up with something. And I think we're in the same boat as that fly, you know. And if I try to say I know what all that is, is it just puts chains around what could be. And what I'm seeing is an intelligence that is hyperdimensional, that can work forwards and backwards in our own time frame intelligently, um, can become anything, both technological or biological. And this is proven by Bigelow Aerospace, who contacted me, who were the owners of Skinwalker Ranch. They had seen these orbs of light come down and take on the shape of giant deer or uh, giant wolf. But in the UK, these orbs of light would come down and take on the shape of a giant triangular craft. This isn't my opinion. This is the UK Ministry of Defense and Bigelow Aerospace saying the real deal are these orbs of light that are showing up worldwide right now and they can become anything in our space-time continuum anywhere and any when you know that's that's a lot to wrap your head around
0: (laughs) yes so if heaven is real is there a hell this has been used for thousands of years to scare people into submission. Is there something no, to do
1: I, uh, I wrote lyrics a long time ago. It says, uh, it seems that somewhere, somehow, we went astray, and the lies they fed us filled us, yet that was yesterday. How can you be so certain we're forgiven for our sins? Maybe the only hell we'll know we're living in. I believe that,
0: right on, right that on. hell
1: is a self-created prison and only you can break you free. No one else can do it. You know, it's all self-created.
0: So since you've been around a lot of Native Americans, I'm guessing you know quite a bit about skinwalkers. I want your opinion on them.
1: They're the Anunnaki.
0: Really? It's just a different...
1: Yes. Just a different understanding. You know, um, even John Alexander, who was the, I believe, the senator who arranged for Robert Bigelow to get the contract from the Pentagon to look into this, they had asked him, and it's out on YouTube, just type in John Alexander, Skinwalker Ranch, and you'll find it. Um, They said, have you and Robert Bigelow came to a conclusion to the intelligence behind the phenomenon? And he said, "Yes, we've come to the c- conclusion that we've encountered the trickster, which is another terminology for the Anunnaki, of and their trickster nature, of called Heoka. Of if you need a dark lesson, they're very good at making you experience your own dark energy, and hopes you'll change it. You know." But uh, yeah, so the trickster is the Anunnaki, and that's John Alexander's own own words for the intelligence that they've encountered there at Skinwalker Ranch. And we're encountering it here, because I could tell you when they contacted me, one of the questions was, how come you've had such a different exper- experience? You've been given star knowledge and keys to cosmic harmonious frequency. And we've just got our pants pulled down and it just shows us, cause that's what John Alexander said is what we've learned is it's definitely in charge and it's more complex than we could have ever imagined. That's his own words. Um, so they know you know the government knows what they're up against but obviously the grand reveal will be when they deem it and they're telling me everything is pointing towards this next full totality eclipse so we'll see time will tell
0: that's very soon. i'm very excited So, um, the Anunnaki. What what are their goals for humanity? Is are they united or or is, is do they have different goals?
1: They well. I think that's what Chief was talking about. You know, my brother when he said. I understand now. You were only showing me my own darkness, because you need to know that Yahweh. For the last 7,000 years, we've been going through a dark age. So imagine only the only person that had his ear was the dark bard who was responsible for collecting the story of the state of the kingdom and organizing it in a palpable Shakespearean kind of story for the king to understand. So it was his role to report back mankind's worst case behavior for 7,000 years. So I I can understand why he would get a little upset with humanity. Um, But all it takes is one person to go before that council and choose love over fear, to choose love relentlessly, regardless of the outside appearance of things. And once you can do that, they call it becoming rainbow. And rainbow doesn't mean to the Native American Indians what it means to the rest of the world, it's your chakras. And only when your chakras are clean and balanced, spinning freely, do they emit light, higher cosmic light. And from red in the root to purple in the crown and all the other colors of the rainbow in between. So only when all are spinning freely, one of the grandmothers, during my naming ceremony, he said, to those of us that have the gift of sight, you've become the whirling rainbow. You are the rainbow that we've been waiting for. And she went on to explain the chakras and she said, no extra manifestation ability is ever given from higher spiritual levels until you've proven yourself to be rainbow or a queen vessel, because even if you had one of those chakras, dull and not illuminated, let's say it's your root chakra. So in your life, you're experiencing all this darkness with trying to keep a roof over your head and, you know, abundance issues and whatnot. All of a sudden, if you got all this extra manifestation ability, probably going to go to what you still got fear on and manifest. The crap out of exactly what you don't want. And so I was told spirit is smarter than that. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, no extra manifestation ability is ever granted. And you don't go through this metamorphosis to become the sovereign integral until you've done your spiritual homework and you know, the NSA call it bootstrap evolution. You're in charge of your own evolution, of cleaning up your own chakras. And um, so that's what we're here to do, is create rainbows. And um, I found out the Tibetan monks have the exact same understanding of obtaining the rainbow body, they would call it. In Norse mythology, you have the rainbow bridge. You know, and the rainbow bridge is chakras again. You know, it's it all comes back to becoming shiny again. Only when we've cleaned up our energetic centers, and I think that there's a real healing modality there that's not been taught here in the Western world, like. When you're going through trial and tribulation, who's taught us, well, that's a root chakra symptom issue. Oh, that's a throat chakra. Oh, you're having problems speaking your truth. You need to look into your throat chakra, you know, and so on and so forth. And I think what's coming is working with a company called HeartMath of having self biofeedback Mechanisms to when you're learning what chakra is being highlighted, then you'll be given visualization tools and things to listen to and things to watch. And um, I'm working on all of that as we speak.
0: That's great. Let's we'll see more rainbows. So yeah, why why not? <laughs> so. Are there still, I've heard stories, I've heard of quite a few stories, are there still giants roaming the Earth?
1: Mm, Well, some of us are taller, but I am. Haplogroup X2A is a brand new lineage that was found that only exists in Native American Indians right now. I am haplogroup X2A. It could be much higher than 3% because... Not too many Native American Indians has had their blood work done. Simple, you know. Um, But when you go back in time where you find haplogroup X2A in the highest numbers are the tall skeletons that were removed out of these mound builder sites, giants. And um, I think this is a very interesting talking point that no one seems to have brought up that this is scientific DNA proof, Group X2A, giant stature a few generations ago, now we're not. What's up with that? You know, Um, to me, it's proof of probably why abductions are still happening because the stature had to be reduced so we didn't stick out like a sore thumb and be towering above the rest of humanity. Um, So, but then if you keep going back even further in time where you find the largest concentration of (coughs) haplogroup X2A on the planet is the Hills of Galilee for real. this is the Sangreal Holy Grail, you know, bloodline, that we're talking about. That's why I'm revealing who Yahweh Enlil is, who myself is, who my... the new being Merlin. Sorry, man. I got some serious dry lips going on. (laughs) (laughs) I should have brought some water in.
0: Wow. And that represents what?
1: Uh, We can talk about that. This was my first communication with the Anunnaki and uh, we can talk. Let me know when you want to start.
0: Well, I right started. <laughs> You're late <laughs> to <the party>. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Um, when I met the Anunnaki back in 2008, they told me I was once known as Ia Inki, the water bearer. And at that time, I had no clue what the Anunnaki was. Uh, there was no ancient aliens on TV. Sure as hell didn't know what an Ea Inky water bearer was. So I just figured, you know, I'll, I'll let it go. But I had learned already uh, how to remove you, how to send my consciousness elsewhere and um, pull in different timelines. And um, I asked them during these communications, I said, if you are who you say you are, and I am who you say I am, then encode the name Ia Inky into a crop circle. And I can tell you, I will take notice. I'm a student of the subject. And uh, that'll be my confirmation that you are who you say you are. And then I thought, what a silly request. Can you imagine a big crop circle? And it just says inky, like in cursive, looks like a big birthday cake, you know? <laughs> but then I thought, well, Figure it out, you know, you are who you say you are. Figure out a cool way to encode Ia Inki into a crop circle. And um, then I just let it go. And um, 2011, a crop circle finally appeared. That was a long two years. But during that time, they had begun to guide me into cymatics and looking at nature's sacred geometry attached to cosmic harmonious frequencies. All the notes of the scale, by the way. And uh, what had happened was when I asked the Anunnaki, encode a crop circle with the names Ia Inki, I will take notice. Then I got really cocky and I said, and encoded with something only I would be able to decode. And that'll be my proof, you know? So, 2011, this crop circle shows up. What it is, you see those? I can't really see if you can see it or A not. Bit this way.
0: Down a bit. There we go. Uh,
1: those rows of like dot, dot, empty, dot, dot, dot. That's ASCII binary code. And when you decode it, it says ES space inky
0: Very cool. That's amazing. And
1: uh, then the seven-pointed star is... What points towards the uh, cosmic harmonious frequencies that are 432-based, when it, they're put through a cymatic scientific device, it creates a perfect seven-pointed star. So the seven-pointed star is forever intertwined into the 432-based math science understanding and i can explain this uh really quickly
0: take your time you know
1: um, e equals mc squared well Physics now tells us everything is both particle and wave simultaneously. So where is the wave component? Because E is energy, M is mass or particle, and then C is the speed of light squared. What you find out is 432 squared is C, the speed of light. So the only frequencies that are truly harmonics of light are 432-based frequencies. So when you run it backwards, 432 times 432 becomes C squared times mass equals energy. And you see, that's kind of what I'm doing with my disks is somehow they're opening a portal and bringing through photonic light energy. This all gets into what you asked me about the pyramids. They're energy creators that specifically Christopher Dunn, who wrote the Giza power plant books. He's been on Ancient Aliens. He seen my discs and he was really excited. And um, he said, they know that those interior rooms and chambers are tuned to resonate the strongest at 432 Hertz. Isn't that mind blowing? So that frequency alone, NASA has proven it can open up a portal through the fabric of our space time and bring in chi, life force, prana. And NASA's really kind of Blown away because it's the first time they've ever seen a cosmic energy collector that's been created that doesn't have moving parts. It's they don't understand how it's doing what it's doing. Said, so, uh, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So since you've interacted a lot with native, native americans i'm guessing you'll have your own view on what sasquatch is or bigfoot this topic always interests me
1: yeah i uh i have a lot of uh some of my closest friends actually communicate with sasquatch i've been very close and i've had some things happen around me that are very squatchy like you know big rocks being thrown um vocalizations that you know when i was up in a mountain in virginia um some very strange otherworldly i don't even know if it's sasquatch but up on the same mountain area i've heard some very strange vocalizations i don't know what those were matter of fact i went back to my cousin he was with me on one of these trips. And uh, I said, Ray, do you remember when you and I were on that Rhino side-by-side, you know, four-wheeler? And we went up there and we just partied and smoked a little and (laughs) we're just hanging out. And we heard the most unfreaking believable loud, it sounded like a dragon. (laughs) It vibrated our insides of our guts. I was like, oh my God, if whatever that is has wings, we're fucked. Excuse <laughs> my language. But um, so I asked him not too long ago about it. But he'll, I don't like to talk about that. I still got to go up there. You know? <laughs> so was it a Sasquatch? I don't know. If it was Sasquatch, it would have had to have been like a freaking King Kong sized Sasquatch. I've asked the Navajo elder that I'm dear friends with, and he said it was a dimensional rift and that you were hearing something from another dimension. I said, Well, that would make sense because, man. But guess what? When we left that field, we had to go right in the direction it came from. <laughs> I, I was not happy with the situation. <laughs>
0: So, what about have you heard of dogmen?
1: Yeah, just from the skinwalker Ranch, you know, people I've never experienced that, so not much I can say about it. I've heard about it so what was... what I can tell you that I've experienced and I don't understand, but um. If you listen to Thomas Johnson, who's been on Ancient Aliens many times, and Thomas is the one that revealed to the world that that's a meteorite impact crater next to Serpent Mound. Um, But I've done a lot of work there with Thomas and his uh, wife, Terry Rivera, for the events there and whatnot. But he calls them doppelganger events where someone would come into their rock shop and see Thomas out there, like working in the garden. And then the door would be open and Terry's like, oh man, he doesn't know that there's customers, you know? So she went in and he was already behind the bar and she's like, how, wait a minute, he he was just out there. And this happened over and over and over again to different, People that were going there because it became famous because of the ghost activity, actually. Um, so, people from around the world send people to their home. And believe it or not, the Dollar General across the street because it's becoming famous because there's video of like shit flying around in there, <laughs> like otherworldly things. But um, I've experienced the doppelganger event happening in real time with Chief Golden Light Eagle narrating it, saying, you know, you might see dimensions shifting here. And like, you might see a woman that's walking up the hill behind you. And I looked, and there was a woman walking up the hill. And then. And he said, she might not even be there. That might be another dimension. And she wouldn't even see you. And um, that as you watch her walk up the hill, when you turn back around, she's going to be at the bottom of the hill sitting there, never have moved. And I'm like, what the hell? And I turned and looked forward and she was sitting at the bottom of the hill now. I don't understand, you know, him being in Lil Yahweh, his ability to control it's a reality in some sort. I don't understand it, but I experienced it.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think ghosts are? I don't know. I have yeah. I have my own ghost story. If you want to hear it
1: yeah yeah please i uh I don't know i um dimensional rifts you know things stuck in the uh, cosmic glue I don't know
0: <laughs> so I was up wa- share. i was up uh late one night watching some t v and I went up to get some water, and above the sink is uh, a window, so when I look up the rot- the light from the kitchen reflected in the in the windows so it became like a mirror. And there, like, a couple of meters behind me, I could see this old school maid with like a black black dress, white apron, and a bonnet, just staring right at me. And I stood there for five whole minutes just staring at her because I was I was seriously freaked out. like there's a woman in my kitchen. What the fuck? <laughs> then I turned yeah. around. Whew, nothing. So that's why i'm I'm asking.
1: I'm not so sure anymore of anything because if this intelligence can become anything biological or technological in our reality. Who knows what it, it can appear as anything. Could it appear as a ghost? I know it can. I was told that they have enough Chi and Prana in their subtle energy fields, to bring in a new avatar at will. Which means when they remote view, they're not in observer mode. They can bring in a new body and go up to the bartender and say, I'd like a drink, and drink it. They're not in observer mode anymore. Um, That's pretty fascinating. So um, if they can appear as... As documented, a giant wolf or a giant deer or a giant triangular craft, who's to say it can't appear as a dog or a human, someone you meet on the bus? What if God was one of us,
0: just a stranger (laughs) on the bus? (laughs) Dropping rhymes. Yeah. Well, it's been a great time. I really enjoyed your answers and so on and so forth. We'll have Uh, to do this again sometime.
1: Yeah, I'm in. uh,
0: So let the people know where they can find you.
1: uh, Once you get this... oh. Uh my website is michaellehill.net and uh I'm at my friend's limit for Facebook but if you drop me a personal message and say you heard me here I will get you added but um that's about it
0: all right thanks for watching everyone I'll see you in the next one mortals peace <laughs>
1: Peace.